Welcome to Cowboy Jim's Stories Around the Campfire. One of my granddaughters sent some pictures the other day where she and some of her friends and actually a couple of her brothers were helping some friends do some branding there in West Texas where they live. It was fun to see the pictures and it brought back a lot of memories, I'll tell you, because growing up on the ranch where we did, we did a lot of branding at times. The operation that we had was mostly a cow and calf operation. And so every spring we had about 550 head of calves to brand, some new cows to brand that we'd bought. And always we would buy maybe 750 head of steers for the summer. And they would always have to be branded as well. So there was a lot of branding that was going on at times. The first time I ever remember helping brand, I must have been six years old, I suppose, there at the Hartzell place in Colorado. It was a lot of dirt and dust, and I remember being taught to go in, and we would go and grab the back foot of a little calf and drag him out and be able to even then learn to flank him, which means pick him up by the flank and uh, front leg and throw him down on his side and then hold him while people branded him and doctored him and did whatever else needed to be done. That was a lot of adventure for a six-year-old boy, and we did that for a couple of years while we were there at the Hartzell Place. Several years later, we were, we were at the Newcastle Place. It was a nice ranch. We enjoyed it there a lot. And we were branding one day, big branding time, and we had several grown-up animals to brand as well, some cows we had bought and probably some more steers. We were running them through the chute. And again, for those that don't know, a chute is like a metal contraption. You run the cattle down through a narrow kind of a throughway, and they get there into the chute. The chute squeezes them tight and holds them. Their head is caught so they can't be moving around. And you can do whatever you need to do with the uh, cattle, and then you just let it go. So it was a very good shoot that we had, and we were working away there. And at that time, we were not using just regular branding irons, where usually we would just have them in the fire, get them nice and hot, and be able to brand the animals with that. We were using an electric branding iron. It sounds like it makes sense, and in some ways it really did. We were able to plug it in, and it would get hot, and it would stay hot usually. After a while, we would have to brush it off to keep it nice and hot, but it wasn't a bad branding iron, and we were using it, and everybody's working hard and pushing cattle through and branding and having to do some dehorning and given shots to the cattle, everything, and we're all working really hard, and I turned around, and suddenly, I backed right into that hot electric branding iron. <laughs> I will tell you, it was hot. Now, it didn't put the whole brand on me. At that time, it was a bar three, but the edge of it hit me, and right on my bottom, it left a mark, which is still there to this day. So, yep, I've been branded. Working cattle is always an adventure because there's so many other things that happen. One time, we were 
moving a whole bunch of cattle, we were delousing them. And that just means we were spraying them with stuff, get lights off if they had it, just as we were getting ready to move them. And, and what you do, you just get a big bunch of the cattle, you kind of put them in a corral, they're all together there, and you have just this big sprayer. You just spray over them, and it's no big deal, except some of the cattle really don't like it. And there we had one cow who just absolutely detested getting sprayed. And she would, we would get her in with that group and she would get sprayed a little bit and then turn around and come right back. And I was the one standing in the way there for, so she couldn't come back. And so first of all, I'm just standing there and I'm trying to shoo her and yell at her. And she just ran right past me. In fact, kind of ran over me. We got her into the next group and she's getting sprayed a little bit. She comes back. And by then I picked up a kind of a whip that we use sometimes. And she comes right at me and I start hitting her with that whip and she ran right over me again. <laughs> and the third time she gets up there and by then I was a little bit mad at her and she was pretty mad. She was getting sprayed a little bit. She turns around and starts coming back at me. And by then I'd picked up a big fence post. I was going to let that cow have it. But I didn't get her very hard. She went running by. At that point, Dad said, well, you know, she's been in here so many times. She probably got enough of the spray anyway. There are all sorts of things that cattle can do. We had some Galloway cattle, uh, purebred, that we used for our crossbreeding and things with Hereford cows. It made a great crossbreed but we kept a small bunch of purebred Galloways. Now, Galloway cow is a pretty big uh, animal. Uh, they're black, uh, pretty long hair. They uh, don't have any horns naturally. And so that all came through in the crossbreeding. So we had crossbred calves that didn't have horns, and we really liked that. But they are very good mamas. They will take care of their calves very, very carefully. We had a system of our bookkeeping with the cattle, knowing what we had and what they were. We used ear tags, and the ear tags were put into the calves shortly after they were born, so you would know who their mama was, who their daddy was, because being purebred, you had to keep track of that. And I remember one time we had little bull that was born. He was really a nice little calf. He was going to be a great, great bull. You could tell right from the beginning. And we went into the corral, and this thing is only probably 12 hours old at the time. It's laying there, but I went up there just to hold the calf, and then dad was going to go ahead and put the tag in its ear. And we get up there, and the calf lets out a bleat, and here comes the mama cow. And she came right at me. I, I was scared. And I, I jumped up and started running for the fence, and she hit me right in the seat of the pants, lifted me up off the ground a little bit. I hit the ground running and uh, got to the fence so she couldn't get me again. We finally had to put her in another corral so that we could put that ear tag on the little number eight bull. There was another time we were working some cows, and again, it was some Callaway 
cows that we had, we were having to doctor one of the calves. And I forget exactly what it was. It was something, though, we were having to give it a shot and uh, take care of something. Maybe it had gotten into a porcupine or something. And we're out in the middle of nowhere. It was an old corral way back up on our high range. We caught the calf and I'm holding it there so that we can doctor it. And dad is doing whatever needs to be done. And here its mama is right there, just bellering. And we were just blowing snot all over us, trying to get and protect her calf. And I actually had to stand there. I had a kind of a club in my hand. And I had to keep beating her over the head to keep her off of us till we could get the calf doctored and then let it go. There's always those sorts of adventures when you're working cattle. Another time we were working cattle, it was in the fall of the year. In fact, it was maybe in the end of November, beginning of December. We were near the Gosia Creek place. We had a group of maybe 250 head of cattle that we were having to separate things. It was time for some of the steers and things would be separated so we'd get them shipped off. The mama cows are still, uh, I think we'd already weaned their calves, but we were just having to get them in different groups. And the easiest thing to do out there was do it on horseback. And so mom and I would kind of ride around the cattle. We had them all in kind of a big group there, and we would just kind of keep them close to each other there. They were kind of up against, I think, a fence on one side. Our job was to keep them from getting away. And then dad's job was to go in and select the animals that needed to go one place or other. So he was doing the the cutting out there. We would take them and either push the steers one way or the cows the other way. But then it started snowing. And it was coming down so hard. First of all, if you're riding a horse in the winter and it's snowing, it can get really, really cold. Your feet feel like blocks of ice. Of course, we had on our slickers and even winter coats. We had chaps on, protect our legs, hat pulled down tight, but it was still cold. Then it was snowing so hard, we really almost couldn't see. We kind of look across there and we thought maybe we could see dad moving and he's trying to get things cut out there. It was so bad. At one point I told dad, I think I hazed you back into the uh, herd several times, not knowing what you were. It was a miserable time to work cattle, but we got it done. Just uh, chalked it up to another adventure. That was the same place where one uh, spring we were working there. And there were some uh, small set of corrals there at the Ghost Creek place. We were uh, testing all the bulls and we had the that there. Uh, he was a good friend and we just really liked him a lot. And so we're testing the bulls, making sure that they're suitable for being breeding stock and, and things like that. And it was just one of those days, it was just a long day. While we were doing that, mom had put a coffee pot on a fire off to one side just to make hot coffee so we would have it. And what she would do, she did this several times. It was a big, big pot. I don't know how many gallons of coffee it would make. I think maybe it would probably make about five gallons of coffee. I don't know, but it was big. It didn't have any like percolator or anything in it. And so what she would do, she would take a big 
bunch of coffee and put it in uh, like a, a clean cloth of some sort, maybe an old t-shirt that had been washed and been ripped up and used for rags. You all probably do the same thing. She would put it in there, tie it, and just throw it in there, and it would boil, and it would make coffee. Now, we liked our coffee kind of strong anyway, but this particular time, we're working the bulls. There are some problems, and we're having to work through those things, and we didn't get a time to stop for lunch until it was almost like 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And we'd been there for, for several hours. And we stopped, and uh, that uh, coffee had been boiling on that fire off and on for that whole time. And our vet was a guy who loved his coffee. He couldn't wait to get over there. He got his cup. He dipped in there, got a big cup of coffee, and of course, it was boiling hot. He blew on it a little bit, and then he took a big sip, and his eyes got about the size of saucers. He looked at Mom, and he said, Carrie, I'll tell you, that coffee, if you don't want to drink it for coffee, it's strong enough you can use it for dehorning paste. <laughs> it was probably the strongest coffee I've ever had in my life. Another time there at the Pagosa Creek Place, we were moving a bunch of cattle up onto the summer range and there was a kind of a back road we could take and we were doing that. And as we're moving along, for some reason, dad and I are off of our horses. Uh, for some reason, we were just walking behind everything. You're having to move things and everything was moving pretty well and, until suddenly there was this one calf that kept trying to break back. He, he thought he had lost somebody back at the place and and he was wanting to get back. We're trying to move him along and get him going. The dogs were not right there to help. And all of a sudden, that calf made a break for it and he got past both of us. I had my rope in my hand and I made a quick twirl and threw the rope. And it was probably the greatest catch I've ever made in my life. I caught that calf right around the neck stopped it dead in his track, pulled it back in, and we sent it back the other way, and it decided it would go with everything else. Dad was so happy that I had caught that because we could just see we were going to have to either walk or ride all the way back to the Vagosa Creek Ranch to get that one calf and bring it back. One of my special memories about all the cattle work and everything we did was at our Fruta place. Uh, we had a pretty large ranch there in Fruta, Colorado. And in the springtime, we would have to move our cattle up to what our high range was, which was back up on the book cliffs. It was quite a drive. It took us usually about two days to get the cattle there. We would go about half the distance and there was a fence right there. We could put them through the fence, close up the gate, and they wouldn't be able to come back. And then the next day we would push them on up. And so that's what we did. And these drives, there were a lot of cattle. We At that time, we were running about 550 head of mama cows. And so then we had their calves. We had our registered Galloway stock and then all the bulls that went with everything. And then we always had about 750 head of yearlings that we would buy just for summertime. And so our 
cattle drives were somewhere around uh, 2,100, maybe 2,200 head of cattle. So, I mean, it felt like, you know, you were really on a cattle drive. You were. It wasn't hard. The hardest part was just getting them out of where the farms were the first couple of miles or so. And then we went out across what's called the desert. It's really high desert place and uh, just moved them on up. It was kind of dusty and dirty, but you know, you really felt like a cowboy. You're moving all those cattle. We would have uh, somebody drive a, a pickup truck that maybe had a water tank in it or something like that along with us. But uh, the first time we did it, we did not know about the lack of water that was there, and especially that year. We got to the one fence. We stopped there we closed it up but the cattle didn't have any water and they were really really thirsty and it was probably a very uncomfortable night for them they were unhappy we got ready to move them early the next morning they were ready to move and we found out where there was a little pond a little off to the side of where we normally would want to go but we got them going to that pond and they went in and they about drank that pond dry. They were very, very thirsty, but we were glad to have it. So after that, uh, we would uh, bring a couple of big stock tanks out early and fill them up with water so that during the nighttime, the cattle there would have some water to drink and then they would move on pretty easily all the way back up to the rest of the place up on the book cliffs. It was a special time, and you really got your cowboying in. It was a, a time that we made a lot of memories, a lot of fun, and being cowboys, moving things along, funny things happening, cowboy humor at its best. Well, I want to thank Melody for sending those pictures about the branding. It reminded me about our branding and working cattle. It was a great time. I miss it sometimes. So I hope you all enjoy the cowboy stories. This is Cowboy Jim's stories around the campfire. I'll see you next time.